Story forty Robinson Crusoe of Story Our Readers Third Year by Ida Coe and Alice Christie. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Robinson Crusoe. Many years ago there lived in England a boy whose name was Robinson Crusoe. Though he had never been near the sea, Crusoe's dearest wish was to become a sailor and go on a ship to foreign lands. This grieved his mother very much, and she begged the boy to remain at home. His father also warned him of danger, saying, "'If you go abroad you will be most miserable. I cannot give my consent.' It happened that Crusoe visited Hull, a large town by the sea, to say good-bye to a companion who was about to sail for London. He could not resist the chance of going on a voyage, and without even sending a message to his father and mother, he went aboard the ship and sailed away. Robinson Crusoe met with many strange adventures at sea. On his first voyage the ship was wrecked in a fearful storm, and the crew was saved by sailors from another ship. Next Crusoe went on a voyage to Africa. On the way there the ship was captured by pirates. The captain of the pirates made a slave of the boy. The man took Crusoe to his home and made him dig in the garden and work in the house. One day Crusoe hid some food in a small boat and managed to escape, with a boy. They sailed for many long days and nights, keeping close to shore. They did not dare to land, because of the lions and other wild animals. After a time they saw a Portuguese vessel. The captain allowed them to go aboard. This ship was bound for South America. They finally landed in Brazil. Robinson Crusoe lived on a plantation in Brazil for several years. He raised sugar and tobacco. For a time he was happy and made money. But Robinson Crusoe was never contented anywhere for very long. When a merchant asked him to go on another voyage to the coast of Africa, he consented, and he had soon started on this new venture. At first the weather was very hot. Then one day, without a warning, a hurricane burst upon them. The wind raged for twelve days, and the ship was nearly torn to pieces. No one expected to escape. After a time the wind abated somewhat. The captain ordered the course of the ship changed but soon another storm followed, even worse than the first. Early one morning, while the wind was still roaring and the ship was rolling from side to side, a sailor who was peering through the fog suddenly cried out, "'Land! Land!' At the same moment the vessel struck on a sandbar, with a grating sound. The waves dashed over the deck of the ship. With great difficulty the boats were lowered at the side of the ship." All the sailors climbed into the boats, for they knew not at what moment the ship would break into pieces. The men rowed bravely toward the shore, but suddenly a mountain-like wave rolled over them and upset the boats. Crusoe was a very fine swimmer, but no one could swim in such a sea. It was only good fortune and his alertness that landed him safely ashore. Wave after wave washed him farther and further upon the beach. At last a wave left him beside a rock to which he clung until the water flowed back to the sea. Then he jumped up and ran for his life. Robinson Crusoe was the only person from the ship who was not drowned. He was thankful indeed for his escape. After resting for a time, Crusoe looked about him. He was wet, cold, and hungry. It was growing very dark, and he was afraid of wild animals. He found his knife still in his pocket, so he cut a stick with which to protect himself. Then he climbed into a tree and hid among the branches. He was soon sound asleep. When Crusoe awoke in the morning, the storm was over, and the sea was calm. He found that the ship had been driven by the waves much nearer to the shore. By noon the water was low. The tide had ebbed so far out that he could almost walk to the ship. 
he swam for a short distance. When he reached the vessel, he could find no way to climb up, but at last he discovered a rope hanging over the edge. By the help of the rope, he managed to pull himself to the deck. Everything in the stern of the ship was safe and dry, and the food was not spoiled. Crusoe filled his pockets with biscuits and ate them as he went about his work. He had no time to spare. Crusoe needed a boat, to carry to the shore many necessary things. "'It is of no use to wish for a boat,' he thought. "'I must set to work to make one.' First he took some spars of wood and a topmast or two, that were on deck, and threw them overboard, tying each with a rope so that it would not drift away. Then he climbed down the side of the ship, and fastened the spars together to make a raft. It was a long time before he was able to make the raft strong enough to hold the things that he wished to take ashore. Crusoe loaded the raft with three seamen's chests. He had filled these chests with bread, rice, cheese, dried goat's flesh, and other articles of food. He also took all the clothing he could find. Then Crusoe dragged a carpenter's tool-chest to the side of the ship. He placed this on the raft. Nothing on the ship was of more use to him than the tools in this chest. He secured guns, pistols, and shot, also two barrels of dry gunpowder. The trouble now was to land his cargo safely. Crusoe had only a broken oar, but he rigged up a sail, and the tide helped him. At last he reached the mouth of a little river. The strong tide carried him to land. He was able to push the raft into a little bay. When the tide flowed out, the raft was left high and dry on the sand, and everything was taken safely ashore. Then Crusoe thought he would look about the country. He climbed to the top of a high hill. He found that he was on an island, and that there was no sign of people, and nothing living in sight excepting great flocks of birds. Day after day Crusoe returned to the ship. He built more rafts, and brought from the vessel everything that he considered useful. He made a tent of sails to protect the things that could be spoiled by the sun or rain. After several weeks the weather changed, and a high wind began to blow. One morning, when Crusoe awoke, he found that the ship had broken to pieces and was no longer to be seen. However, he had saved from the wreck everything that he needed. Then Robinson Crusoe decided to find a better place for his tent. There was a little plain on the side of a hill. At the further end was a rock with a hollow place like the entrance to a cave, but there was really not any cave or any way into the rock at all. Here he placed his tent. In a half-circle in front of the tent, Crusoe drove two rows of strong stakes sharpened at the top, about six inches apart. He laid pieces of rope between the stakes. The fence was about five and a half feet high, and so strong that no one could enter. There was no door, so Crusoe climbed in and out by means of a ladder, which he always drew up after him. Before closing up the end of the fence, Crusoe carried within all the articles that he had saved from the wreck. He rigged a double tent inside the fence, to protect all from the sun and rain. When this was finished, Crusoe began to dig out the rock. It was not very hard, and soon, behind his tent, he had a cave, in which he placed his powder in small parcels. Robinson Crusoe was very comfortable. He had saved from the wreck two cats and a dog. He had ink, pens, and paper, so that he could write down all that happened. "'But what shall I do when the ink is gone?' thought Crusoe. "'I must find some way of keeping track of the time.' He set up a wooden cross, upon which he cut with a knife the date of his landing. Each day he cut another notch in the wood. Every seventh notch was twice as long as those for the days between, and the notch for every first day of the month was twice as long again. Thus Crusoe kept a calendar, or weekly, monthly, and yearly reckoning of time. 
By and by he found that there were many goats on the island, and many pigeons which he could obtain for food. After a time Crusoe decided that his cave was too small. As he was sure that there were no wild beasts on the island, he began to make his cave larger, and he finally built a tunnel through the rock outside his fence. Then he began to hang his belongings upon the sides of the cave, and to arrange them in order. He even built shelves on the walls, and made a door for the entrance. He also made a table and some chairs. During all this time Robinson Crusoe climbed the hill daily. He looked over the lonely waters, hoping, always hoping, to see the sail of a ship. At last he gave up all hope of ever leaving the island. Several years passed by. The clothing that Crusoe had saved from the ship was worn out. He made himself clothes from the skins of the goats on the island. He also made an umbrella of goat skins, to shield him from the hot rays of the sun. Though the food which he had taken from the ship had long since been eaten, he raised plenty of barley from seeds which he had found in a little bag on the ship. The goats and pigeons on the island supplied him with meat. He had become very tired of never hearing a voice. There were many green parrots among the trees, and he decided to catch one and teach it to talk. He found it difficult to obtain one, but finally he did catch a young parrot. At first he could not teach it to say a word, but at last, when he came back to his tent from a day on the island, the parrot called, "'Robin! Robin Crusoe! Poor Robin Crusoe! Where have you been?' One morning, as Crusoe started for his canoe, a strange thing happened. He was walking along, and what do you suppose he saw? The print of a man's foot in the sand. The sight made him cold all over. He looked around. He listened, but there was not a sound. Yet there in the sand was the print of a man's foot, the toes, the heel, and the sole. He did not go to the boat. Instead, he hastened back to his cave. He was so frightened that it was some time before he ventured out again. About a year after this, Crusoe was surprised one morning to see a bonfire on the shore. He looked through his spy-glass and saw a company of savages, who had landed in canoes and had built a fire. They had two prisoners whom they were about to kill. One of them saw a chance to escape, and he made a sudden dash for his life, running with great speed straight toward Robinson Crusoe. Crusoe rescued the man. The man was very grateful. Crusoe made him to understand after a time that his name was to be Friday. It was on Friday that the man had been saved. Crusoe taught him to say yes and no, and also to say master. Friday became the faithful servant and companion of Robinson Crusoe. Many more years passed. One morning Friday came running toward Crusoe, shouting, "'Master! Master! They come!' Crusoe ran to the beach and looked toward the sea. There he saw a large sailing-vessel making for the shore. The sailing-vessel proved to be an English ship. Crusoe's stay on the desert island had come to an end. When he took leave of the island, he carried on board the sailing-vessel his goatskin cap and umbrella, also the parrot. So after twenty-eight long years Robinson Crusoe and his faithful servant Friday sailed away. The voyage was long and hard, but at last they reached the coast of England. End of Story 40 Read by Sibella Denton For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.